Hi, my name is Jamie, and I am a depressed optimist. After years of having a bad attitude, I decided that I wanted to at least try and change that. While I don't have it all figured out, this is an opportunity to come along with me as I make my way. On this podcast, I'll get a little personal, a little emotional, and a little analytical so that I can have hope, get shit done, and find happiness. Because today is as good as any other. Hi, everyone. So today's episode is actually something that I've been tossing around for a while, um, and it's sort of an evolved idea of something that I've been thinking about ever since I first started the podcast and was originally going to be my very first episode. So I'm really excited to be talking a little bit today about why healthy relationships don't kill your creativity or make you a bad artist or any of some of the misconceptions that I think some people have or maybe that I personally just had because originally I wanted to make an episode about thriving in singleness and about how to thrive as a single person because it felt for the longest time that I was one of the only people that I knew who wasn't in a happy, fulfilling relationship. And I was really thriving and I was okay being single. In fact, I was really happy about it. I was actively really jazzed about living my single life and all of my independence. Um, And now, as my life has sort of changed a little bit, I find that some of those things are things that I've carried over and maybe some things that I've actually had to work through as a part of my creative journey and as a part of my personal journey. So I figured that I would sort of address those things and uh, talk about this evolving issue or evolving concept in my life. So there is this sort of image uh, for women and just for everybody of being this artistic person who has a wildly passionate and crazy life with a lot of ups and downs and pain that fuels their artistic energy. I feel like there's a lot of ways that artists of all varieties can sort of romanticize the idea of going through pain in their lives and specifically just having turbulent emotional lives. Examples that we can think of are Frida Kahlo and her relationship with Diego Rivera definitely did not help with that situation. Sylvia Plath and her relationship to Ted Hughes. Um, Some of those sort of things are really prevalent and there's plenty of more examples that you could Google to think more about about those examples. Um, And there's this idea that you kind of have to be in turmoil in order to produce content of any kind that's raw and real and worthwhile. There's even a quote that has been wrongly accredited to Charles Bukowski. Uh, He'd never actually said this, I've researched it, but I've seen it a couple places and I think it stands to prove my point that some people really do take this to heart, that um, the quote is, the worst thing for a young writer is to have enough money and a faithful wife. Um, And I know that Bukowski, again, while not a woman, is somebody who also has this idea that, like, this misery and living in misery is what's going to make you a good artist, and that's the only thing that can force creative expression. And for a really long time, I embodied that idea not just because I sort of... I 
idealized the philosophy of it, but I think because it was also convenient for me in my life where I would tell myself that things were good for my artistic journey because they weren't going my way in life, and the only other option that I saw for myself was to be sad and upset about things that weren't going my way or about things that were unhealthy as a part of the way that I was living. Because I've been in a number of unhealthy relationships uh, in my short 21 years that I thought have either really bogged me down and not helped my creative journey, but then there were some that were really unhealthy with a crazy amount of uncertainty um, where we were sort of feeding off of each other in a creative way, but not one that was productive to either of our mental health. And what I found sort of looking back on some of the things that in certain relationships where I really was feeding off the unhealthiness and off of the sadness that I was experiencing in those relationships that I had created during those times was that they weren't actually as good as I had maybe talked myself into thinking that they were, maybe either to make myself feel better or to sort of justify that unhealthy behavior and being in those relationships that I knew weren't serving me. And then... Um, I was single and I had to say to myself, no more excuses, no more allowing yourself to get bogged down in this way for your creative energy or for your spiritual energy, for your mental health. None of that. It's not allowed anymore in my life, not for my creativity or for any other facet of my personhood. And I had to really sit with being single and learning how to thrive that way. Uh, so for the past year plus... Uh, I was getting into this mode of really wanting to be this new kind of revolutionary woman that I found so much empowerment in. I was really inspired by Cheryl Strait and Elizabeth Gilbert and all these like women powerhouses that went off on their own, found the courage and bravery within themselves, and brought themselves to their creative revolutions that way. It was interesting because with Cheryl Strait, Wilde was really inspirational for me and I had actually read that years ago. I read it in high school when it first came out when everyone was really buzzing about it and it was a big like I don't know mom book, Oprah's book club, that whole thing and I was like a teenager bringing it to high school <laughs> and then at the start of 2020 I actually it was the first book that I read in 2020 I finally got to Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert and that and a lot of other content along those lines have really just been feeding my soul about what it means to be independent, what it means to be a woman who doesn't rely on people. And one of the biggest pieces of that is that for both of those women and for so many of other women like that, those journeys led to this beautiful book that encourages and inspires people. And I found a lot of power in wanting to be that kind of woman and driving myself to be that kind of woman. I identified so strongly with being single, both because it brought me fulfillment and health in a way that I'd never felt before within myself, and because I was like, well, I don't want the turmoil of a bad relationship, even if it means getting the reward of good creative content. And I also am not really sure that I want a satisfying relationship that will fulfill me and then possibly take away that creative drive. So I'm just gonna stay single, go on my big independent adventures and live my life. And people in my own life really took to that. Um, I heard a lot of my female friends um, and even women that I wasn't close with, um, but people who I knew were in relationships that truly fulfill them 
they would come to me constantly about whatever thing it was that I was doing in my life, whatever thing that I was feeling empowered to do. And they would be like, you seem so free and happy. And if I was single, I would be doing that too. And some of those things were as simple as the way that I dress, the fact that I spent a day at a Tibetan Buddhist learning center to learn about Tibetan Buddhism, writing a book, teaching yoga, or some of the traveling that I've done where I, you know, like picked up and left and went to Colorado for a summer. <laughs> and the way that I felt that echoed from people where they were like, oh, if I was single, I would be doing what you're doing and I would be doing those things too. It sort of made me feel like, oh my God, I guess when you're in a relationship, you're not allowed to do those things. You're not allowed to wear platform goth boots and black lipstick. You're not allowed to pack up all your shit into your car and just go for a summer to do whatever you want and drive across the country. Uh, I guess you're not allowed to write a book. I guess you're not allowed to shave your head. I guess you're not allowed to be a yoga teacher, which now thinking about it, <laughs> that seems really crazy. But also, I think that there is this sort of thing about being single and taking that time for myself and learning about myself in those ways that made me feel empowered to do those things in maybe ways that other people weren't feeling. At the time, it made me feel really assured in my life and my choices, but it also felt a little isolating because it was sort of this pat on the back that I was getting from so many people in my life that's like, well, since you can't be in love like me and my happy partner, <laughs> I'm gonna like give you kudos and accolades for being brave enough to do crazy things for everybody else to live vicariously through. I felt like sort of the crazy best friend in a rom-com, except it was my own life. But those feelings also of isolation in that didn't even really last that long because all those things that I was doing, they came with true, genuine satisfaction for me. They made me feel happy and fulfilled. And if that meant that people were going to sort of treat me a little bit like a movie character, um, then I was okay with that because there was also this sort of sense of like, well, I'm doing all the things that everybody else wishes that they could be doing. I take time for my artistic pursuits. I am married to my own artistic pursuits and that is beautiful. And then lo and behold, um, I fall in love with my best friend and not to put my own relationship on blast too much, but, um, I'll just say a couple of things about it. My partner and I have been best friends for a really long time. We've known each other for seven years and we just have sort of built this relationship upon a foundation of friendship and we work really well together. Uh, we've both liked each other, at least I've liked him for quite a long time and uh, things are working out really nicely and really well for us. And what also I think builds into this situation is the fact that he's somebody who knows me really well um, and he knows what I'm like as a person and what my artistic pursuits are like and what my life looks like. The fact that I'm quite a busy person who's always doing a million things, who has a love and passion and drive for a million things and he's seen me function as a single person. He knows what me living my best life looks like. But I will say that there was a tiny brief period of fear for myself that me being in a relationship would force me to lose my identity 
because I had seen so much that people sometimes could lose their identity in relationships. And to some of my friends and people that I know in my life and also just people that I know of, sometimes being in a great relationship does mean that you put down that book or you put down that podcast or you put down the things that you once were using to fill your life that were feeding your soul and making you happy because now there's this other person here who's making you happy. But I think what comes with that is the fact that I know myself and I know that another person doesn't have the power to make me happy without the fact that I'm choosing to make myself happy by filling my life with lots of things that are making me happy. And knowing that about myself and not allowing other things to get in the way of that are what's going to be crucial in me building a relationship that's healthy and also building a life that's healthy and that fulfills me and makes me happy. And one thing that seems a little bit weird to admit that maybe I wasn't entirely keen on admitting, actually, is the fact that for me, being in this new and exciting relationship that was fulfilling me in new ways that I honestly hadn't experienced in a long time, if ever, it did come with a little bit of an incubation period of not being as productive on paper and allowing myself to pour positive energy into this new avenue in my life that hadn't been explored before. And it took me a little bit to realize that that's okay and that's healthy. And I had to convince myself that it was okay and that it was healthy and that it didn't mean that I wasn't an artist anymore and it didn't mean that I was going to suddenly drop all of the things that I knew and loved about myself when I had finally found who I was as a person through being single. And I think that one of the things that I had sort of had to think about uh, when it came to whether being happy and fulfilled means that you're going to drop all your artistic pursuits or that your artistic pursuits are going to suffer and not be as raw, real, crazy as they maybe would if you were miserable is the fact that being in a relationship doesn't alter everything about your life. I mean, it alters a lot about your life, but it doesn't make your entire existence. Being in a stable, healthy relationship by no means makes your life perfect and free of pain, struggle, heartbreaks, and problems. Uh, in fact, I think if you're in a relationship that you think is going to solve every problem in your life, that relationship is probably not a healthy one. And I think that we kind of need to break down this idea that being in a happy relationship or having a good relationship, whatever you consider to be good and whatever that looks like for you, doesn't mean that your life overall is going to be free of problems. <laughs> and that being said, that might kind of add a little bit of solace to the fact that like, okay, my life can still have problems and misery so that I can write or my life can still have problems and misery so that I can paint or sing or whatever it is that you want to do. But you don't need to be struggling for the art that you produce to be worthwhile and real and of quality. And honestly, the way that this world works it would be unrealistic to say that there's any human being on this planet who's never going to suffer. 
we are all going to suffer. And I don't think that we have to go looking for that suffering. What kind of life would that be to go out and look for that suffering? I find maybe this is just my own perspective because before anything else, I'm a writer, but I feel like this is something that writers experience a lot, this fear that you need to be living this tortured existence in order to make good stories, because I think that there's also this sort of idea, at least in like the literary world, that you need to have lived all of your own stories. And I don't think that that's true either. I would stand to argue that Perhaps using your imagination is the key of being a good artist and a good writer rather than producing verbatim everything that you've lived in your own life. Unless, of course, you're writing memoir like some of the women that I have mentioned earlier. But I, I don't write memoir, so I think that that's kind of a weird thing that I had in my own mind. And even if you are writing memoir, the experiences alone are not what's going to make your content because you still need to bring pieces of you and your creativity and your skills as a writer into that experience. But I think that aside from writing uh, is that there seems to be a lot of art forms that are excused from this notion, but not others. Like, I don't think that actors feel the same kind of pressure quite as much. I feel like actors even are encouraged to leave to lead like very healthy lifestyles um and i think that even some like people who engage in certain visual arts and craft don't feel this quite so much but also i feel like there's that pressure just all around in many different mediums and no matter where you're coming from about it no matter what avenue or artistic practice it is it's a learning curve of balancing your own independence and balancing where you draw from for your inspiration, along with allowing yourself to experience the joys of your life, no matter what they are, whether they're your romantic relationship or whether those joys are coming from somewhere else. And one of the things that I noticed after I started to experience some of the benefits of being in a relationship that really fulfilled me is that so many of the women that inspired me in my singleness journey that I had come to admire uh, being single had also found love. And it almost felt kind of strange that I, even as I revisited those texts or read them for the first time in really recent memory, wasn't consciously absorbing the fact that at certain points in those journeys or even at the end of those journeys, there came a point where they found somebody who was really right for them as a romantic partner because they were ready for it. I was just mistaking their power and independence for singleness, um, because that's what I needed to see at the time. I mean, come on, Eat, Pray, Love is literally divided into three sections, the last of which is about her finding a romantic partner and allowing herself to enjoy that piece of her life. And I had to really examine and realize for myself that being independent is not always synonymous with being single. I hinged so much of my identity on this radical acceptance of my singleness that I began to view any kind of relationship and reliance on people that I loved as some sort of weak and unhealthy thing. I think the truth, uh, both for artists and for people in general, is that loving people and wanting to be loved is a natural thing, and welcoming that is healthy. And when you think about this 
sort of tortured and unhealthy existence that a lot of artists feel pressure to have, there comes a point when you are so unhappy that you cannot make art anymore. And I'm not sitting here saying that you need to go find yourself a partner so that you can be happy and make art and thrive in that balance of existence. But what I'm saying is that we need to dismantle the idea that there was ever a way to let yourself continue to be miserable and somehow be producing your best work and living your best existence. So often for people who aren't taking care of their mental health because they would rather disregard it in favor of working on their artistic pursuits or because they think that having poor mental health is going to somehow help them make better art and better content, there is an ability to make things, but after that comes a crash. And I have decided that I want to be here for both a good time and a long time. And even if for some reason, my art was just a little bit better because of me being miserable, I think that I'm worth it to make the choice that I don't have to do that. Do I think that my art was better when I was miserable? No, not at all. Not now, now that I have that perspective. But if it was, I still wouldn't make that choice because I am worth more as a person than my ability to make stuff. Even if that stuff is good and important, which I know it still has the potential to be, and it still is. And part of that comes from the fact that I know I'm allowed to be happy. And what I want more than anything is for everybody to know that about themselves, because it's not just true about me, it's true about everybody. Whether you make art or not, it's true. And beyond that, I want everybody Specifically women, because I see a lot in women that they don't feel this way. I want everyone to feel empowered to make the things and do the things and make the choices in their lives that are making them happy. That if you're saying to yourself, I would do that if I was single, then you should probably be doing it anyway. Unless, of course, it hurts somebody, but I'm talking about other things. I'm talking about the women that I know that have told me that they would shave their head if they were single, but their boyfriend wouldn't want it. I'm talking about the women that I've met who said that they would travel more if they were single. I'm talking about the women who have told me that they would want to become a yoga and meditation teacher if they were single. What I'm saying is that I want people to be able to do those things all the time, no matter what. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. This episode has been on my heart for a long time, evolving and changing with me, with my journey, and I'm really excited to have finally been able to sit down and record it for all of you guys. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.